Hello, this is Ronald Cobb II and welcome to The Belief Records, where we're really on a journey to find out how we can translate a deeper level of belief to amazing results. Thank you so much for being here today and I suggest that you grab a pen and some paper and get ready to write down some notes. Without further ado, three, two, one, let's get into it. Hello, welcome back to The Belief Records. I have been off of the air for some time and I'm really, really glad to be back. You know what? I think I might have forgotten that I had a podcast. You know, I started thinking about how I wanted to add value and I'm like, I want impact somehow. And and then I think that I got caught up so much with life that I just completely forgot that, wait a minute, you already have a platform that people have listened to, that people have reviewed. And so it's time to get back on that. Uh, the important thing in life is that even when we stop doing what is good, to be able to find our way back. Um, I'm a Christian. And so uh, one person said, I've heard it said before, that to get to heaven is nothing but a series of falling down and getting up, right? So for Christians, getting to heaven is uh, falling down and getting up all the way to heaven, right? Um, so the most important thing in life is whenever we fall short of even those things that we expect of ourselves to continue pushing and moving forward uh, so that we can get right back on track and back in the direction that we need to go. Over the past few months, so, you know, just to make it clear that I have not just been slacking off. <laughs> uh, over the past few months, I have been learning a ton about leadership. I've been reading lots of books. Um, one of the books that we're going to talk about today, um, and I've been reading two books from from this guy, which you're going to hear in just a second. Um, his name is John C. Maxwell, and he is the leadership guy. He is 100% the leadership guy worldwide. And I do encourage you to read uh, the books uh, that he has, specifically the 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership. This book taught me so much about leadership. It taught me that leadership can be learned uh, and that it was not something that was just set in stone. You see, I didn't know whether or not leadership was, like, I, honestly, I'll tell you what, leadership was quite ambiguous to me. Like, I didn't know exactly what leadership was like okay like okay like yeah i understand like about being a leader and you you know you taking charge and whatnot but what i didn't know was okay like could you grow in leadership is it natural ability is it just you know some people have it and some people don't uh, but you know upon reading this book about the laws of leadership uh frankly law number one tells us that leadership can continually be learned and why is this important? Well, uh, I think it's important because every last one of us comes out of the womb, <laughs> right? Uh, we're all born brand new into the world at some point of time. And so it's important to make sure that we are understanding that we do not know it all. Excuse me for a moment. <laughs> Got to run over here and grab something real quick. All right. Thank you for being patient while I rolled away to grab something. Yes. Um, so we have to make sure that we understand that we do not know it all. We do not know everything. We do not have the solution to every problem. And especially when it comes to leading other people, that means that we have to seek to understand the people that that, that we 
that we uh, are leading or parenting or teaching. Like we have to seek to know them in order to be able to lead them. Hence, your leadership ability grows as you get to learn more about the people who you lead. So we're going to talk about law number one, the first law of leadership, which is the law of the lid. The law of the lid, as defined by John Maxwell, um, he says that leadership ability is the lid that determines a person's level of effectiveness. The lower an individual's ability to lead, the lower the lid on his potential. So what we just read is essentially your leadership lid is essentially the cap to your leadership. And John Maxwell defined or, or gave us a scale about uh, where you fall on that, on, on the, on the leadership lid spectrum, right? Um, essentially the law of the lid also says that, uh, so, so the scale is going to take us from one to 10. Uh, number one being the least effective leader and number 10 being the most effective leader. And so say you're number four on the, like your leadership lid is at a number four. Well, essentially you being at a number four means that you can only lead people up to the level of four, right? So if these other people, if they're in the leadership lid of one or two or three, you can essentially lead those people, right? But you cannot lead anyone above your own leadership lid. So if you stop at a number four, you can only lead people beneath the number four because five, six, and sevens and eights are not going to follow people with um, a with a less lesser leadership lid, right? Um, basically, I'm going to stop because I, I, I realize that the term leadership lid might be a little bit of a difficult concept. Basically, so I'm going to say the level of your leadership. So if the level of your leadership if 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 you're if you're a four, you can't lead someone with a leadership level of eight, right? People generally tend to follow people who are more advanced than they are because they can learn something from them. But if you're a four, you can't lead an eight, or you can't even lead a five. You could really only lead everyone beneath you with less leadership ability than you. That's all we're talking about here. The law of the lid is speaking about your leadership ability. Um. But the good news about that is that the law of the lid has room for flexibility. Um, you can grow in it. You can raise your level of leadership. You can raise your leadership ability. Um, there are a few ways to gauge and kind of test um, exactly where you are. John Maxwell actually in the book gives us a... Um, gives us a um, a few different ways in which we can gauge um, where we're at on our leadership spectrum. But I want to, before talking about, for one, how you can raise your level of leadership and how you can raise your lid, is I want to first discuss really why, <laughs> why, why, why leadership matters. Um, John Maxwell often says that everything rises and falls on leadership. An organization, a group project, 
um, how successful you are, how successful an organization is, how successful a business is, a venture. Everything rises and falls on leadership. How great the employees feel, how great the people in your Bible study group feel, how great the people in uh, whatever organization you might be in, how great they feel rises and falls on the leadership of the organization. Uh, it is said in the book commonly that people do not leave organizations, but rather they leave managers. People don't leave businesses, they leave managers. When people leave a church or 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 or, or a workplace or a fraternity or sorority, a lot of the times, no matter what that place might be, they're leaving because of the leadership, not because of the organization itself. They might love the vision, but a lot of times they will leave simply because of whoever is directly above them and their lack of leadership. Um, I want to actually show something to you here. Not, not, not show something to you because I can't really show anything to you, but I, not literally, but I want to paint a mental picture for you. Picture being put in a situation in which, you know, maybe you felt that you were prepared for at first, but then things get a little bit tough. Um, things don't exactly work out or, and the project doesn't exactly happen the way that you figured things were going out. So now some decisions need to be made. Um, something needs to be done. Um, and the decision, you know, you don't exactly know what, but something needs to be done in order to get things right back on track. And I want to imagine that, you know, okay, well, now you have been faced with this challenge. Um, do you feel that you would be prepared for it? That's the question I have for you. Do you feel that while picturing the situation, do you picture you being able to come up with a solution that would solve it um, and it would be efficient, effective, and you could get it done? Do you think that there's any possible way that you could come up with something fast and maybe if not fast that if even if you had to take a little bit of time maybe a few hours or maybe the day even could you come up with a solution within that period of time could you come up with a solution pressed um for time and pressed for it because this project has to go right and you are now responsible for making the decision could you or could you not rise to the occasion could you picture it working out or could you picture it failing because you wouldn't know what to do if the decision rested on you. That if there was a big project and something didn't go right, could you handle it? Could you get things back on track? And that's basically, um, essentially, kind of what we're talking about, your leadership lid. The higher it is, the more effective you are. The lower it is, the less effective you are with your leadership and with your leading ability. Uh, the higher it is, the probably the more likely it is that you're able to navigate situations in which were unexpected and maybe they came out of nowhere, but you're equipped for it, right? So it's the more likelier you are. So an eight is far more likely to be able to handle a situation and come out on top of a situation having been under pressure uh, than someone with the leadership lid of a two. Um, so I, th th that's just kind of like one of the examples there. Uh, but so basically, one of the ways in which you can maybe gauge 
so your leadership ability is, hmm, am I able to rise to the occasion? <clears throat> am I able to rise to the occasion if something unexpected were, expected were to happen? Can I lead a team to success? How uh, good am I at communicating with people on a team? Now, whether I'm just a part of the team or whether I'm leading the team, how well are my contributions? Does the group value my contributions? Um, <clears throat> do I make valuable assessments? Do I make valuable suggestions? All those things can help, questions like that. And then I'm sure that you can think of other questions of that nature that can help you determine what your leadership level is. Uh, again, 10 being most effective and one being the least effective. Um, somewhere in between five is being, you know, pretty okay. Like, you know, like, yeah, you know, you can lead sometimes and you're okay, but maybe if it didn't, you know, like it came to a, a tight decision, it would be tough. And maybe you'd have a little bit too much anxiety to be able to, okay, deal with it effectively on the other half of the spectrum, which is five and up, you know what I'm saying? Uh, so, but ultimately there are some things that you can do to be able to raise your leadership lid. Um, so uh, it, this is a list of 10, all right? And this uh, comes from leadership blog or leadershipfreak.blog. And I will also go ahead and link that, uh, not link that, but have the link for you in the description uh, below um, or wherever the description is, right? But anyways, so 10 ways to lift the lid on your leadership. Number one, include others. If you can do it alone, it's not big enough. If you can accomplish, and you know what, that also speaks to another law, and we'll get to that at some point. Uh, that's the law of Mount Everest in the in the 17 Indisputable Laws of Teamwork by John Maxwell. But we're not going to talk about that now, right? We're talking about the 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership. And so, yes, the law of Mount Everest says that the bigger that the the bigger the challenge, the bigger the need for teamwork, right? And so, basically, if you have any vision worth fighting for, you cannot do it alone. If it's entrepreneurship, can't do it alone. Big business, can't do it alone. Uh, making a lot of places in politics, you cannot do it alone. Um, even, but I mean, and, and we can, and we can, th this is true for a lot of things, right? Uh, Elon Musk and Tesla, that's not, he's not a one-man company. Twitter is not a one-man company. It takes a lot of people. It takes the coders, it takes the people who are uh, technical support. It, there's a lot to it. Um, and even getting a degree, there's a lot to it. A degree is not a one-man show. You have to have instructors to teach you what to do and how to get there and move forward in your profession, people who have been there already, right? That's why we have things like internships. But anyways, yes, so number one, include others. If you can do it alone, your goal or your dream, it is not big enough, which means that you're not rising to your God-given potential. And number two, <clears throat> be accountable to someone. Do not always let yourself off the hook. Uh, becoming accountable is such a big part of leadership because for one, <clears throat> leaders operate differently than other people, right? Leaders, uh, uh, okay, and you know what? This is another law, um, but essentially the law of the price tag. And um, that essentially states that, okay, well, the team stops growing when it fails to pay the price. But also, any, anyway, there are so many... There's so many ways in which uh, the laws, the 17 laws of teamwork and the uh, 21 irrefutable laws of um, of leadership go together. But again, they're written by the same author. So, of course. But anyways, 
Um, yes, essentially, when you are not like it, it, essentially, you have to give up to get up. You understand? So the more uh, the the more you rise in leadership ranks and 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 responsibilities, the more things that you have to give up. Leaders give up for the sake of the people they are leading. So a lot of times we don't get to really do what we want to do um, because we have to think about the greater good in the terms of, okay, the health of the whole, not just the health of me. I have to consider my health, but then also the health of the whole and also the people who are around me and are relying on me. So you need to become accountable to someone to keep you on track with your growth, to keep you on track with raising your leadership lid, right? Uh, to keep you on track <clears throat> with evolving and becoming better in your profession and in your place of work. Number three, <clears throat> think about working with and through, not for. This basically says linking up with other people, work with and through issues, not for something. Yeah, okay, people say a lot of times that they're working for a company, but wait a, wait a minute, wait a minute. No, no, no. I want to work with someone, not exactly for. Right? I want to work with, I, I want to partner with someone, and we take a journey together that we are going to walk through things, and we're going to overcome them. Not that I have to do something for you, or you dispatch me to go walk through the valley of the shadow of death, and uh, you're watching from the mountaintop. You know, I don't want a leader like that. I want someone that I can walk with through and struggles and that we, and I want to also be the type of leader that I walk through things with people to the other side, especially if I've already walked that journey before. So think about working with and through and not for. Um, number four, do something that others don't like doing. Um, this is a bit of the confidence piece. This is how you lift your ability to lead. Uh, a thing about leadership is that a lot of times the majority of people in our world are followers, right? It takes something different to be a leader. So do things that other people don't like doing, right? Um, I make it a habit of mine when I see trash, anything in public, you know, I really make an effort to pick it up. I go pick it up. I think I lead in that way because that's a characteristic of mine that a lot of people don't do. People just don't walk past things on the sidewalk and pick up the trash and throw it away. Uh, a lot of people uh, are the ones contributing to the problem and throwing away the trash. And I mean, I was on uh, University Ave here in Gainesville. And I literally seen someone just like throw, chuck a milkshake clean out of their window onto the ground. And if I wasn't in traffic, I probably would have picked up that cup. But I was like, you know what? This is just ridiculous. You know, I'm not even I'm not doing that tonight. But, you know, uh, ultimately, I lead in the fact that I do things that uh, others don't like doing. Number five. Uh, also, uh, you know what? And, and even on that last thing uh, on number four, how many other people do you know that are maybe uh, like if you actually know me, how many other people do you know have a podcast? OK. Maybe people don't like podcasting or maybe people don't entirely have the con the confidence to go out and podcast. But I am proof, if you know me personally, I am proof to doing something that others don't like doing or they are not willing to do, right? Or they don't have enough courage to do. And we have to be willing to do those things. But also, even if you don't know me personally, well, how many of the people in your life have a podcast? You might just be listening to me here, uh, but chances are your family and your friends, you can probably count on your fingers and, and, and just on maybe on one hand, how many people that you know that have a podcast? Even look in your personal circle. How many people do you know? Do you have one? I mean, you know what I'm saying? Think about those things. Number five, assess your people skills, planning, and strategic vision and 
results. Again, assess your people skills, planning and strategic thinking, vision, and results. Where there is no vision, the people per- the people perish. The Bible tells us that. Um, and so if you can think about how you interact with people or want again your people skills and you can and you can think about how people tend to feel whenever you interact with them whenever you talk with them um and and maybe if it's not it, it maybe if they don't feel too good then again that's an area for you to work on to raise your lid of leadership to be better um you're planning and strategic thinking do you plan things out uh, do you think about things strategically about how you're going to accomplish this task that you set out for how you're going to hit this goal for your company how you're going to hit this goal in your academics do you think about about those things? Do you plan out things and strategically map out how you're going to get there? Do you have a vision for where you want to go in the future? And what do you see and how you're going to get there? You know what? Vision, the Bible says, write the vision and make it plain. Um, and and um, that, that people will, once you write the vision and you make it plain, people will link up to you and they will run with it so that they might run and not faint. If the vision is there, and people can see the vision even after you're gone or even when you're not in the presence, even if you're a boss or a manager and you're not even in the building, your employees are going to run with it because they're running with the vision that pulls them together. I mean, think about also how you get results. Do you yield good results? If not, it's going to take you saying, okay, well, how do you do that? Again, that goes back to planning and strategic thinking. I'm um, number six, choose and achieve a meaningful milestone every day. Do not worry about eating the whole elephant. Just take a bite. Again, choose and achieve a meaningful milestone every day. You don't have to try to get after the entire thing at once. Just do something meaningful every day. Set small goals that you can hit. And because the more that you become accountable to those things, and the more that you, I mean, the accountability builds discipline, right? So if you're continually doing it, you're making it a habit, it eventually becomes a discipline. Um, and then ultimately, It'll become a delight. So it's, it's kind of like this, The what is it, the three Ds, I think? Okay. Um, when you start doing something, it becomes, you start doing something out of discipline. But then after you've been doing it for a while, you become devoted to it. So discipline turns into devotion. And then eventually, once you've been devoted to something, it becomes delight because your conscience is now lighter. You know that you're getting more done than you've gotten before. So again, discipline turns into devotion and then devotion turns into delight tackle something small that'll help you uh, overcome the big mountains and giants number seven seek feedback when it comes to your when it comes to developing your leadership seeking feedback may be the most important thing you can do again seek feedback seek feedback Asking people, other people, what they think about what you do and how you do it uh, is humbling, but it also is going to help build you the most. If you can have third-party people, um, again, they're talking to you and you say, okay, well, do you feel that I'm a good leader? Listen to what they say. Or, 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 and if they say yes, well, what makes me a good leader? What do I do that causes me to do well in leadership? Or again, or you could ask them, well, okay, or on the opposite end of the spectrum, what do I do that, that, that doesn't make me such a great leader? Um, how do you see that I interact with people? Is it good? Is it shady? Do you think I, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, do you think people perceive me to be um, welcoming? And, 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 you know, like go to someone who will be honest with you about this because honest assessment is the only way, like the, like 
only by recognizing your reality can you understand what you need to do to get to your desired end, right? Number eight, stop doing things that don't work. Constant recurring frustration points to the need for change. If you're doing things, look, um, I think, what is it? It says insanity, uh, it's a saying that insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. Whatever's not working in your life. If lying isn't working for you, which I'm sure it's not, uh, stop lying. You know, if, if gossiping is not, that's not a good thing to do anyway. Don't gossip. Okay. If being mean, don't be mean. Or if uh, you're working on a certain business thing and a certain business model not working, I'm not going to tell you to stop, but I'm going to challenge you to either think about how you can make it work. Again, strategic planning and vision. How are you going to make it work? Maybe it's never worked for anybody else, but you can make it work. So I'm not going to discourage you there. If it's not working, that just maybe means that you need to approach it in a different way. Um, and essentially what you're doing is stopping what's not working, right? You can maybe stay on that same goal, but maybe shift your tactics a little bit and shift what you actually do. Number nine, and this is gonna, uh, you know, uh, leadershipfreak.blog says, put yourself in stressful situations. I'm not going to say stressful. I am going to say, put yourself in stretching situations. Put yourself in situations that are going to stretch you. Don't worry about anything else. Don't worry about anyone else. Put yourself in a situation that is going to stretch you because if you're not stretched, it's just like muscle building, okay? Every single time that, you know, you you, you do a rep, there's likely some pain, and right? Because what happens is the muscle fibers have to tear in order to build back stronger or uh, to be semi-political here, build back better, right? Uh, but, you know, uh, anyways, I just thought that was funny. Uh, but yeah, no, um, when you stretch, when it's time for you to come back together, you're stronger than you were before because a challenge was pulled out of you. And when, when you're faced with challenge, then you have new creativity, new life that flows out of you. Number 10, read. Mm-hmm. Just like I'm doing, this comes from a book. Read. 10 ways to lift your lid on leadership. Read. Find books to read. Good books to read. Find books on leadership to read, such as, again, books by John Maxwell. Or, or, or And not even like that. People in your industry. You want to be a fantastic architect? Well, I don't know. Find some books on people who say, well, how to be uh, and how to do well in the industry of architecture or how to do well in the industry of civil engineering or how to be a fantastic doctor, how to be a fantastic dentist, whatever it might be. How to be a fantastic entrepreneur, how to be a fantastic banker, whatever it is. Read books. Learn from other people's knowledge. And here's a bonus. Do things where failure matters. Stretch yourself. Put your situation, put yourself in a situation where sometimes maybe it's high stakes um, and, and, and your success really, really matters. Just to challenge yourself. I don't, I'm not telling you to do that so then you get beat up if something doesn't work out. But I'm telling you to do that so that you can challenge yourself, push yourself. Because every single thing that you want to do is already on the inside of you. It just has to be manifested on the outside. You can do it. You've got it. 
this has been number one, the law of the lid. Thank you so much. Until next time.